Welcome to the Other Side of Potential podcast, hosted by Dr. Sharon Spano. Each weekly episode takes a deep dive into how successful family business leaders maneuver the unique dynamics between family and business. How do they align to face complex business challenges? How do they build and project generational wealth? In what ways do they pursue a lasting legacy? Join Sharon as she explores how these leaders adapt and respond to the complexity of life and business in our ever-changing world. Join me in welcoming today's guest, Nir Bashan. Nir is the founder and CEO of The Creator Mindset, a company that conducts workshops, consulting, coaching, and keynote speeches at conferences and corporate events. His clients include AT&T, Microsoft, Ace Hardware, the NFL Network, EA Sports, Suzuki, Activision, and JetBlue, and that's just to name a few. Nir lives in my hometown of Orlando, Florida, which I'm excited about, with his wife, his young son, and two Bernadoodles named Peepaws and Waylon Jennings. Who doesn't love that name? So I've asked Nir to be on the show today because he's a world-renowned creativity expert. And I know those of you out there who have family businesses or who are solo entrepreneurs are always looking for more innovative ways uh, to achieve growth and sustainability. And that is really the focus of his work. He has taught thousands of leaders and individuals around the globe how to harness the power of creativity to improve profitability, to increase sales and improve customer service, and ultimately create more meaning in their work, a topic I often talk about. So you know we we are always looking for ways to make that happen. Nir has spent the last two decades working on a formula to codify creativity, which I find very interesting. And this formula is found in his book, The Creator Mindset which has already been translated into two languages. Nir is also one of the youngest professors ever selected to teach graduate courses at the Art Center College of Design in Pasadena, California. And he also taught undergraduate courses at the University of California in Los Angeles, another commonality we have that we're both from California and the Los Angeles area. He has worked on numerous albums, movies, and advertisements with famous actors and musicians ranging from Rod Stewart to Woody Harrelson. And his work on creativity has won a Clio Award and was even nominated for an Emmy. So we are very, very honored to have Nir on the show today. I want you to get out your notepads and get ready. And welcome to the show, Nir. It's great to have you on board today. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Well, before we get into our conversation, give us a brief look into your own story and how and why it is you came to be interested in innovation and creativity in the first place. Uh, particularly in the context of business. Yeah, definitely. So I worked in uh, the creative fields when I was younger quite a bit. I worked in Hollywood and in music. And I noticed that I thought it was going to be a, a party, right? Hollywood and the music business. I thought it was going to be like, you know, everybody getting drunk and having a good time and all this stuff, right? And what I noticed was the complete opposite of that. I noticed that people that I admired, celebrities and musicians that I admired, all had a process, a very meticulous process to getting creative, whether they were actors or musicians. They they had a process and a notepad and, and a way to 
create creativity no matter what. And I thought to myself, wow, this is this is really, really cool. Then, you know, after that, I started working in, in the furniture refinishing business. I had a little company that did work with that. And I noticed that the people in the industry, in the staging industry of real estate, the ones that were really successful were really creative. And I said, you know what? Wait a second here, right? I just worked with a bunch of Hollywood people. I just worked with, you know, real estate people. And there seemed to be a thread of creativity in everything that they do in order to be successful. So I started asking around. I said, hey, you know, you're a a company that I admire in the real estate business, in the home staging business. How did you become creative? And nobody, nobody was talking, Sharon. Nobody would tell me how they got creative. And then working at other businesses and other industries throughout my life, I kept admiring people that were creative. And I looked into the market and I said, there's got to be a book that teaches you how to be creative. And so I looked for many years. Most books on creativity have to do with the why. Oh, why should you be creative? And why should you do this? And and that's important. But then it never gave me the how. And I was like, ah, I want the how. I need the how. This is important. I need to learn how to do this. And it just didn't exist. So I decided to write it myself. Seven, eight, nine years of, of research into this book, I put meticulous notes into structuring creativity, interviewing people that I like, looking around and seeing what works for creative people and what didn't. And ultimately, that led me to The Creator Mindset, a book that was published by McGraw-Hill around the how of creativity. Well, I think it's so interesting because, you know, I remember years ago, I've never thought of myself as a creative person. I do now, but I didn't way back then because I thought of it more in the context of the arts. And uh, a friend of mine then pointed out that she thought I was one of the most creative people she knew because I'm a problem solver, you know, obviously create content and all these other things that I just didn't see as really being in the creative space. So maybe you can start by telling us before we talk about the how, um, what is it and what is creativity and how, how do you see it applying in business? Definitely. So the way that I define creativity is the ability to solve problems unlike anybody else. So your definition is spot on. It's not really about music or art or sculpture. Those are amazing things. But the creativity that I am on a mission to energize the business world with is the creativity of problem solving in businesses. We need to learn how to balance the mind with analytics and creativity. We've spent too many years leaning so heavily, Sharon, on the analytical side. We mm-hmm. love numbers. We love spreadsheets. We love a PL. We love quarter three reports and this kind of thing. But What we are missing here is the ability of creativity to help us where numbers have failed us. And so we need to use creativity to be able to solve problems in different ways and learn how to combine our thinking with analytics in order to excel in whatever we do, any business that we do. Well, I think you're spot on and and very timely because would you agree that I know what I'm seeing and I'm sure you're seeing the same in business is particularly in, in the COVID era, as I like to think of it, which seems to be never ending. I mean, certainly the world is dif- different, business is different. And those who were creative and innovative 
when things first hit, I think we're able to pivot and and do what they needed to do to create growth and and ensure sustainability during these ever changing times. I mean, do you do you agree with that? And are you seeing some of the same kinds of levels of creativity pop up as a result of this time that we're in? Yes, one hundred percent. I I'm a, a bit of a watch nut, right? So I love different kinds of watches, and I read a lot of uh, watch blogs, and I get emails from people in the business saying, "Hey, Nir, please look at this. This is amazing." And I got an email last night, Sharon from somebody in Switzerland who literally told me that you know they did some research and and found the numbers and all this stuff that during covid right in the last year just about year and a half now right we're calling the start of covid maybe march or april of 2020 that that's mm-hmm. about right till today there's been more millionaires minted in this period of time around the world than ever before in the history of the industrial age. Think about that for a minute. There have been more millionaires in the last 18 or so months that have come to this type of level of sales or revenue or you know in their companies or careers during COVID alone. And so I ask your listeners, what is going on in your business? What is going on in your industry right now that is ripe for innovation, you know it, you feel it, right? You you go to work and you're like, gosh, I wish we would do this a different way. You look at your staff and you go, wow, you know, I have a great idea. I wish we can try and implement this. But nine out of 10 people don't do it, right? We, we just talk ourselves out of it. Oh, that's creative, you know, baloney. We're not going to do something like that. Let's stay true. And, you know, what worked yesterday will work tomorrow and that kind of logic, right? But when we are able to say, okay, let's take a leap of faith on a new idea. Let's take a leap of faith on a way to solve a problem differently. We have potential to tap into that huge multi-millionaire class, right? We have the potential to unleash ideas that are limitless in their ability to transform our industries. It's so exciting to hear you and your passion and your energy around this topic, because I know for many, you know, those still trying to hold on to what was or think that they're going to do business as usual. And 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 I particularly am one that is always talking about the need to listen to the news less because I think it really does hinder our creative minds. Uh, I, I I feel like you're giving us a ray of hope. So let, let's talk a little bit because I know we have a limited time due to your schedule today. Uh, when you say that you you started to note a thread of that these individuals when you were studying all of this had a process. Maybe give us a glimpse into what a process might look like for someone out there who, one, doesn't see themselves as creative, two, is interested in in maybe developing more of that within themselves. Definitely. Great, great question, Sharon. Both of the people that I work with are in the financial services sector. It's amazing. I work primarily in the financial services sector, I think, because people understand the CFOs and people in charge of these numbers that supposedly run all of these operations understand innately that the numbers aren't telling the full story. Mm -hmm. And what usually comes up is near, this is great, right? We love this, but then how, okay? You've sold us. Now, how do we do it? 
And so I talk about the concept, the idea, and the execution. Those are the three levels that frame any creative venture. What you do is you grab a pen and a piece of paper, and you write the concept of your career or your business. The concept is the largest view humanly possible, Sharon. That is the satellite up in space view. You can't really see details, but you can see the weather. You can see trends, really big long-term view. You take a pen and a paper or pencil, whatever you want, you write it down and you circle it. Then you look at the idea level, which is the mid-level view, right? We're on the sidewalk, kind of on the street level view. You can see details, but you can't see like everything going on. And you write down what the idea level of your business is. Then finally, you write the execution. The execution is the easiest part. This is where most people start. They're like, I don't know what my idea or concept is, but I'll tell you, you know, we do the double crust meat lovers, cheesy pizza. I work with a famous franchise, the pizza franchise here in the US. And they were like, our skew is 1609.22. It's the meat lover, double crust, cheesy, whatever pizza. That's what we sell the most. It's $9.99. And if you order two, you get the second one for $4.99. They, they knew it. It was That was the execution. And so you write that down, right? Double crust, cheese lovered pizza. Then you look at the three on a sheet of paper and you do an association, a word association. You circle it and you do all kinds of things that come to you when you think of that pizza. And then you go up the chart and go, okay, what is pizza? What is the idea behind pizza? Oh, it's comfort food or whatever it is. And you say, okay, comfort food and you circle it and you go, okay, what is food and, and this sort of thing? And the concept can be anything. And the idea and the execution can be anything. Creativity is part of our DNA. It's who we are as human beings. So me doing this exercise and you or your listeners are going to get completely different results because it is as innate as humanity. It is who we are. It is the, the air that gives us life. And so we come up with the concept, the idea and execution. We circle all three of them. We play a word association game. And then all of a sudden we are manufacturing creativity because just sitting down and writing the concept, the idea, and the execution of your business unlocks immediate creativity. Creativity is about doing. It's not about waiting for inspiration to strike. It is a discipline like any other. So let me, because I want to make sure I'm understanding the difference between concept and idea. And I love the example you gave of pizza. We, you know, so the execution is, you know, we make these great pizzas. So the idea would be, you know, we sell comfort food. Would the concept then be something when you say the largest view of people need to eat or what would the concept be? So this particular company you know, they were having trouble with the concept. They're like, we're a pizza place near for goodness sakes. We make pizza. What do you got? What do you want? I was like, hey, listen, you know, here's the thing, right? I, you, you guys have had the cost analyst. You've had the efficiency expert, right? And they got you guys down the point two, you know, five seconds and you were able to get another pizza out the door and wonderful, you know, you were able to increase revenue or whatever for that particular sector. But but then you're you're stuck. So Sharon, analytics will always, always have a point where they hit a ceiling and not be able to improve upon. There, I see mm -hmm. it time and time again. So I asked them, guys, I'm here to help you come up with an elevated way of thinking. And they were like having a lot of problems. So I said, Well, you know, why why comfort food? And then somebody in the room said, you know. Our founder came to this country and this year and blah, blah, blah. And this is really all about making an experience for that 
customer that is really elevated. And then somebody else in the room said, Near, we deliver pizzas every day in that subregion to a family at six o'clock who would starve without us. There are senior citizens who d- the drivers know the people and it's a sense of community. Our company is not just a pizza company. It is a sustenance driven business. And I can mm. see everybody kind of getting excited, like, whoa, sure. this is what we really do. We don't really make pizza. Yeah, sure. That's our skew. And we are a comfort food franchise. Okay. But what we really do is we are about community. We are about sustenance. We are about providing that wonderful touch point of humanity with food. And we wrote that down and we circled it and they came up with a bunch of ideas. They particularly bought me in, Sharon, to help them come up with new product. And then as we sort of went down the chart, I didn't do it. They did it. I, I, I'm not a person who's going to come and tell people how to do it. I, I can teach you the process, but you need to specifically run through the exercises and come up with something that's meaningful to you. I don't know that pizza franchise. I haven't worked there 20 years like some of the people on the staff had. The creativity has to come from them. And so they started to, you know, come up with chicken soup and like, can we do chicken soup? They got really excited about it. And then somebody said calzones and we're, we're going to do that. And and they they have since diversified to that particular product and have done incredibly well in that. And I'm hoping, really, really hoping that they do chicken soup one day. The point is, is that creativity is not about oh, I woke up this morning and I'm feeling creative or, oh, you know, I've meditated and aligned my seven chakras and tones of Solomon and all this stuff. If you do that and it works for you, great. But for the rest of us, creativity is a discipline. We need to grab a pen and paper and actually do it. It's something we could do every day over and over when we're feeling stuck and we could derive creativity from a process. Well, I love what you're saying. Creativity is a discipline because I think a lot of us think that it's something that we're born with. And I, I like how you've set up this framework and then it, and then it um, spearheads, you know, a lot of ideas, and then they certainly can move to execution and implementation from there. I'm wondering how then, because, you know, most of us in the consulting field, we, you know, we, we start with vision, mission, values kind of thing. And, and I always say those, those are the foundation of the business. And that's what keeps us from veering off and uh, in too many tangents. How do you balance that with your clients? This whole idea of we can generate a lot of ideas, but, but maybe chicken soup, for instance, is, is going off in the wrong direction. I mean, is there a way that you can keep them focused, but still allow space for the creativity? Or do you allow them to make those decisions as you, as you kind of alluded to earlier as to what is really viable and, and makes sense for them as a company? So it's it's a it's an outstanding question, Sharon. You sound like somebody who's out there also doing this like every day. So it's wonderful to 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 talk to you. I try to let the clients come up with the stuff themselves. I don't know how feasible. Somebody said, "Let's make salads." Right? We have all the ingredients. Let's get salads out the door. I don't know how feasible that is based on the you know the the local franchise level, the regional level. I just don't have the expertise, so I try to stay out of of how the creativity turned into a product. I've done okay. it with one other company where, you know, I kind of nailed down, helped them to nail down a skew, but my my consulting work especially with companies and even associations and and the keynotes that I do is there to really act as a spark as a catalyst 
for the attendee or for the company leadership or management or whoever it is to say, you know what, we now are armed with a process to do it ourselves. I, quite frankly, don't want to be called every time they have a problem. I don't want Mm -hmm. to be a staff og. A lot of consultants, especially the big four, are very, very good at staff og models, right? They're very good at saying you need us because and we need to be here because. And, you know, all of a sudden there's 1,500 people working at that particular company as sub vendors who are glorified staff hog. I don't, Mm -hmm. I'm not interested in that model. I'm a very small team. We have a very small business. We're small but mighty. I'm not interested in staying with a client for five years and hiring people and shoring up that particular end of their business. I am interested in giving really, really good foundational tools for Mm -hmm. people to implement over and over. And then, you know, I get called to check in from once in a while. I'm doing something for a company, a huge consultancy, actually. They're a consultant to other people and they're like, we're stuck. Help us Mm -hmm. out, you know? And so I do touch-ups with them every few months. Um, Near, we tried the process. It got screwed up. This is not working, you know? Okay, cool. Where did it get screwed up? Wow, I'm learning something. Oh, have you guys tried this? Have you tried that? And we can kind of touch up on the concept idea and execution and 91 other tools that I have in the book, but it's really all about arming them with the ability to make those creative leaps and leaving it to experts who work there, who understand how to, you know, send something through the production line that will actually be profitable. I I leave it to the, to my clients to do that. Well, I think that's wise of you. I mean, because you know what you love to do and you and that's your focus and your business model. So uh, I'm kind of on the other end of the spectrum to your point earlier, where I like to do the strategic work. I do some creativity work, obviously, to flush out what needs to happen next within the context of the business. But then there's the strategy that's involved to help them carry out the implementation. So it's exciting because I think, you know, we, we, we're kind of on opposite ends of the spectrum yes. in some ways, but then in others, maybe not so much. And I, and I think that's really valuable for people to hear that there's an opportunity to bring in someone such as yourself to handle the specific process to kind of get that those wheels turning and then you know th- th- then they can take it from there and and uh you know really implement based on what they know works best for them. Well, in the few minutes that we have left, t- tell us a little bit more about the book and how someone might access uh, a copy of it beyond the obvious Amazon if there if there is another way. I think on your website you offer a free chapter, is that correct? Yeah, so the website has a free chapter. It's nearbashan.com. N-I-R-B-A-S-H-A-N.com. There's the free chapter on there. The book's on Amazon. It's in every Barnes and Noble in the country. It's in a bunch of independent bookstores. If any of this sounds good to you, I think it's $20 right now or $22 on Amazon and about the same in the bookstores. If any of this sounds interesting to you, go go ahead, pick up a copy, send me an email. I'm incredibly easy to find. I have like a, a contact sheet on my website and I get emails from all over the world. People, hey, I read your book and I have, uh, I just got an email today in the morning from somebody in China who's using it 
as a dissertation on one of her subjects that she's studying. I, wonderful. So I'm um, easily accessible, easy to find. It's N-I-R-B-A-S-H-A-N.com. Awesome. And we will have that in the show notes. And in the few seconds we have left, Nir, is there any one last piece of advice you'd offer someone out there who who might be feeling a bit stuck in their business and and you know wants to dive deeper into this beyond the book and what we've talked about? Uh, what what kind of encouragement or wisdom would you offer? You know, the world is really changing at, at one of the most rapid paces that we've ever encountered, and creativity allows you to see the world as it can be not as it is. And just imagine how powerful a tool that is. So you're at work and you have a problem, whatever it is, it's an HR problem or a staffing problem. Uh, goodness knows, I, I, I'm seeing so much of that from the companies that I work with. They're saying, Nir, I can't find anybody, right? I just can't staff up. And right, I tell right. them, let's look at the world as it can be, not as it is. And if we were to look at staffing, for instance, as it could be, what would that look like? And they're like, well, I would be able to hire good people and find people to do these jobs and stuff like that. I'm like, okay, what's the main problem? They're like, well, Nir, I can't find people. I mean, I just told you that a second ago. I can't find people. So what good is it imagining? I said, okay, well, what about if we were to look in a slightly different area and see the world as it can be, not as it is? They're like, but Nir, I, you know, we send out the headhunter. They give, give me the resume. It's got to be linear, right? And I'm like, why? Who said that it has to be linear? And then they go, you know what? This is great. I'm going to call, uh, you know, uh, this person who specializes in another thing and maybe they can send applicants and you could see the creativity start. Don't be limited by what's in front of you by thinking in the same way that you did yesterday. See the world as it can be, not as it is, and allow your innate creativity, that childhood creativity that we were all born with, that solves problems, you know, when we're, we're babies. I have done a tremendous amount of research on this. And before we get language skills, Sharon, we have creativity skills. We can get a Cheerio wow. out, of a, out of a bottle before we even have language skills, right? So it's mm. in us. It, it kept us alive all of these years. We learned what water was safe and what water was not safe. We got creative about how to build shelters that kept us alive through the winter. All of this stuff is in us today. And we kind of ignore it because we think that there's other ways to do it, but there is not. We need to tap into who we were as children and understand that we can ask a bunch of different questions and challenge a bunch of the established norms just by willing ourselves to do it. So when we see the world as it can be, not as it is, any problem becomes solvable. We need you in Washington near. Thank you so much for your enthusiasm and the ray of hope that you offer all of us in business. I look forward to talking to you again. And again, listeners, that is nearbashan.com and the book you can access on his website or on Amazon. And the name of that book is The Creator Mindset. I look forward to staying in touch with you, Nir. Have a great rest of the day. Thank you so much, Sharon. 
Listeners, wow, I hope that you uh, are as energized as I am and that you felt that sense of hope that Nirbhashan offers in his business. And as we close out today, I want to ask you, as I always do, to remember that every challenge, particularly in these times, as he so well stated, these are opportunities, no matter how big or small your challenges are, these are opportunities intended to bring you to your highest potential. You only need to think about it in a different way. Thank you so much for listening. And if you found this content valuable, you know the ways that you can uh, access me, SharonSpano.com, and certainly order a copy of my book, The Pursuit of Time and Money on Amazon. And we look forward to future episodes around these very same topics. Until next time, this is Dr. Sharon Spano reminding you to live your best life. And as Nir might say, your most creative life. Stay well and God bless. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Other Side of Potential podcast. Please leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform so we can continue helping family businesses thrive. For more information on how Dr. Spano can help you in your own family business, visit SharonSpano.com to schedule a complimentary consultation.